Yeah, go get ready. Come on. Go get your shoes. Come on. Go put your vest on. Come on. Come on. As a matter of fact, go get all your stuff. Come on! That's right. What you saying? This ain't worked out. You better go get your head. Come on! And here's the reason He saw me up there all alone So for my sin he did atone He purchased me, I'm not my own I want to please him Hello, blessed listeners. It is my great joy and delight to have you join us today at the premiere of our new radio program, which is titled On Faith Street with Derek Steele. I am Derek Steele, and it's my great joy and honor to have you join us today as we dedicate this half hour to embark upon the many facets of what it means to live a life of faith in God through Jesus Christ. I'm your humble host, but Jesus is the main attraction. And uh, right now, I just want to take a moment to just thank our wonderful sponsors uh, for their support. Uh, first of all, the Dream Foundation, uh, Mr. Michael Dobson, uh, for uh, being such a blessing to us, and Dr. Joseph Camps, uh, as well as uh, Pastor Avery McKnight and Powerhouse Church of God by Faith, as well as Mr. Scott Thornton and Apogee Signs, Bishop Michael Moore and Powerhouse uh, Church of God in Christ, as well as Miss Gail Milan and Mr. Charlie Elder of Ray Gordon's Break Service. It's such a joy to have uh, such wonderful people who do such a wonderful work uh, in our community and are such a blessing to so many people. Uh, but consequently, it is my hope and our mission to empower people with the knowledge of how to live a victorious life through faith in Christ Jesus. And from there is our name on Faith Street. First uh, John 5, 4 says, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. I am an overcomer, and if you do not believe you are, I want you to know that you can be an overcomer through Christ Jesus. And so just to kind of help you with that, I want to give a little bit of my testimony. Yes, I'm a minister and preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. God called me as a child of 12 years old, but it took me a while and a time of darkness in my life to fully come into the light. At the age of 18, I sought to answer the call, but as Frank Sinatra's song says it, I did it my way, which I soon found out doesn't work. It must be God's way. So after some hard knocks and some spiritual purging, God made his grace to just abound towards me in such a wonderful way. He set me free from drugs and alcohol, and suddenly everything that pertains to that unholy lifestyle was gone. And, and he just did a mighty work and restored me to life and to ministry. Uh, he's given me of his joy, of his peace, and for that I'm forever humbled and so very grateful to God. Uh, this is none other than a miracle. Uh, I say this is none other than a miracle. Uh, I was I was strung out, a junkie. I'm a witness that Jesus is a miracle worker. I was tied up and bound by drug addiction, and he set me free, and he can set you free. God never left me alone. That's another thing I want to mention. He never left me alone. He walked with me through some very tough times. I gave my life to the Lord as a child when I was about six, and he took it. 
And he never gave it back. He never threw it back in my face. But he walked with me and, and, and he kept me uh, through hard times, through bad decisions, through some troubling times. Uh, he protected me on the streets, through jail and through prison. God kept his word because during these times of shipwrecked faith, he remained faithful. He sent some of his faithful to witness to me and to ever remind me that God loved me and that he would never leave me alone. And he has never left me alone. Can anybody out there say that he's never left you alone? I know there may, may be times in your life where, where you've been through some struggles and been through some hard times. Second Timothy 2.13 says, if we believe not, yet he abideth faithful. He cannot deny himself. He was with me through it all, through the good, the bad, and the ugly. Christ never left me alone. And here's an interesting fact. Uh, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. once said, an atheist isn't someone who just says there is no God, but it's, it, an, a true atheist is one who lives like there is no God. We must admit that at some point in all of our lives, we've acted out as if God isn't around. We must admit that and, and likewise during those times in my life, somehow God's grace covered me from receiving all the due consequences of my sins. When Satan sought to kill me, God saved my life over and over and over again. When I ignored every prompting of the spirit to do right, God did not cast me away. When we are right, when we are wrong, God is with us. He will never condone our sin for he's against sin, but he is for his children. He has promised and is faithful to never leave us alone. He will never leave us in our sins and he will never leave us because of our sins. But his his whole purpose is to deliver us from our sins. He can deliver you. The Bible tells us that Jesus was a friend to sinners. The Pharisees asked him why he ate and spent so much time with sinners. He simply said that he had come to seek and to save the lost. He said it was not the whole that was in need of a physician, but the sick. He came to save sinners, of which even Paul said, I'm chief. And so we all have uh, known our time in sin and we all struggle with sin. But Jesus came to set us free. So my main point and message today, uh, as we move forward with our first program, I'm excited. It, it, I'm overjoyed by this opportunity. First thing I want us to understand is, is what it means to have faith in God. The key purpose of this program is to encourage the listener to have faith in God. I want you to have faith in God. If you research it, faith is mentioned 336 times in the Bible, 56 times in the Old Testament and 250 times or 280 times in the New. Mark 11 uh, reveals where Christ just told his disciples uh, concerning his cursing the fig tree. And it's actually dying and drying up. When they returned, it had dried up. Jesus simply said, have faith in God. And Peter calling to remembrance saith unto him, Master, behold the fig tree which thou cursed is withered away. And Jesus answering saith unto them, have faith in God. For I verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart but shall believe that these things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Jesus makes it seem so simple, doesn't he? He just says, have faith in God. You know, it's just like, have faith in God, man. Have faith in God. 
He's, he says, if you believe and do not doubt that you will have what you say when you pray, he said, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. He says, you'll have them. You'll have it. He says, you'll have it by believing, by faith. So if Jesus said it, that settles it, right? If Jesus makes it simple, then it must be simple. Have faith in God. Yes, the Greek literally translates it, have the God kind of faith or have the faith of God. You know, in my own experience, I've been learning that having faith in God has more to do with me not doing my own thing and not thinking my own thoughts, but just trusting in God and what he has said and the things he's done, remembering his track record, remembering uh, his love, his goodness, focusing on uh, his word. All of a sudden, I'm at peace. And when, when I get at that point of peace, I know I'm having faith in God when, when the worry is gone. Amen. You understanding what I'm saying? When you get to the point, you know, the old folks used to say, just pray and pray until you get your breakthrough. And that's still true. That's still true. We have to pray until that peace comes. We have to we have to draw near to God, knowing that God's got it. Amen. It's the same faith uh, when Jesus said, have the faith of God or have faith in God. He's talking about the same faith that spoke the worlds into existence. Please understand that I'm not advocating that we have faith in faith, but have faith in the creator, our father and every word that proceeds from his mouth. He has undoubtedly given his children authority in Jesus' name. Jesus is saying that if we can but take unwavering faith in God, in his character, in God's ability, in God's righteousness, and most importantly, in his word within our heart, and we take it in our heart and then project that faith out into the atmosphere with our words, then we will see the manifestation of it in our experience. If we can trust God to manifest all that we say, as it lines up with what he has already said in his word, we can be assured to see it come to pass. This is what Jesus is saying. And we must understand also that faith can only rise to the knowledge of the character of the one that we have put our faith in. It is contingent upon how we know his trust, trustworthiness. It understands also that God has established a world of sowing and reaping. If one has faith for evil, it too can manifest. However, evil could never trump faith in God, for evil has no true foundation, for God is good and God is love. Praise his holy name. Hosea 4.5 says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. It's because we don't understand these things. We don't know these things oftentimes that we trip up when it comes to faith. Uh, we, we don't realize that that. Whatever we say has power, that when we sing negative words, that we're, we're projecting a negative reality. Uh, here's something I want you to think about. Doubt is faith in failure, and faith is the assurance of success. I'll say it again. Doubt is faith in failure, and faith is the assurance of success. See, doubt produces failure, and faith Produces success To put it another way Doubt is faith backwards And we don't want to go backwards do we To put it another way Doubt is faith for failure Faith is meant for success But doubt opposes success Therefore doubt is a distortion of faith That inherently opposes true faith Any faith that leaves God out Is a perversion of true faith 
It produces, but it has no true spiritual value without God and his purpose involved. There's a natural faith that works for a while, but has no eternal value because it is only dependent upon natural circumstances. That's not to say that you can't apply true spiritual faith to a natural situation. But a good example of natural faith is a champion quarterback who is very, very good. He has matriculated all the way to the pros now, and he's an, an, uh, what they call a all-star professional quarterback. And he can throw that ball. He, he, can, he can thread a needle, as they say. He's practiced and trained, developed his skills. He has the proper techniques so much uh, that he is confident. He, he's done it so well that he's confident in his abilities. He has experience. He has a good track record. His stats are high. He has faith in his natural abilities. Yet after some time passes and he hasn't played and after retirement and, and old age creeps in, his faith gives way to his circumstances, and he no longer has faith in his ability to throw passes as he once did before. He no longer has the natural ability, and he realizes that only through supernatural means could he ever do what he once could do so naturally before. True faith in God is applicable to all things and transcends even natural circumstances. But when we have faith in the natural, faith in, in just a chair, to sit on a chair. You keep sitting on that chair, keep sitting on that chair. And after a few years, that chair is going to decay. Amen. And it will not hold you up, no matter how much faith you have in it. And after a while, you'll be real slow getting down and real slow getting up because old age has set in. <laughs> but the reality is, is that God is able to help us when we put our faith in him and not in something else or someone else, but our faith must be in him. Another key text we want to touch on uh, today is, is Hosea 1.17. It says, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Uh, that's it here. Faith is to be the Christian's lifestyle. That's why we call this program On Faith Street, because we want to live on Faith Street. As children of God, we're to live according to the ways of our Father. The just shall live by faith. It's the way we're to live. We're to live as Jesus lived. Our very life is found in him, in his sacrifice, in, in the provisions, the promises, and the gifts he has lavished upon us. The Bible simply says he is our life. Hallelujah. Is he your life? If he's your life, you ought to be shouting right now. Amen. Understanding these things, Paul says in Philippians, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Our life should be a celebration of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. The gospel is not only good news, but it is, it is the best news ever. It is first and foremost the good news of eternal salvation, which is reconciliation to God our Father. God has come to save his people through Jesus Christ his Son. Thereby he has given his Holy Spirit to live within all believers. Jesus is called, when he was born, said, his name shall be called Emmanuel, God with us. And the Holy Spirit is the very eternal manifestation of his presence within each of us. Hallelujah. This is the number one ultimate benefit of Jesus' death on the cross. Secondly, it's the good news of the new birth. He has made us children of God, new creations. We're not the same person we once were. 
We're not the same biological, but we're, we're now something new. It's called Zoe. It's a, it's a new spiritual God life that we have now. And then the third thing, it's the good news of healing. Sickness no longer has rights to our bodies. Sickness is put under our feet. By his stripes, the scripture says, we are healed. Fourthly, it is the good news of God's grace manifest through the Holy Spirit operating in our lives, empowering us and teaching us how to embrace heaven while living on earth. I could go on talking about spiritual gifts and spiritual fruit. I could go on talking about wisdom and knowledge and insight. I could go on and talk about the good news of his peace, a, a peace which passes all understanding and uh, the good news of his joy and unspeakable joy. But finally, it all boils down to the love of God that has been poured out upon us. Oceans of love, oceans and oceans of love. The Bible calls it the love that passes all knowledge, all, all of uh, Einstein's knowledge, all of the great thinkers of the world's knowledge. Howard Hughes, doesn't matter. Whoever you think of, or, or Karl Marx, wh whoever they were, his love passes all knowledge, all scientific knowledge, all spatial knowledge, all knowledge. Uh, 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 Knowledge of the universe and knowledge of, of the microcosm and the macrocosm. His love passes all knowledge. Oh, that blesses my soul. Praise his holy name. Oh, the love of God, the love that passes all knowledge. We rejoice because of the hell we've missed and because of the heaven we have gained. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He also said that the kingdom of heaven is within. God lives within. He dwells within. He is the kingdom. The kingdom is within. Hallelujah. We, we have gained the kingdom and we've gained it all by faith. And we're to live the life of the kingdom, which is the life of faith. This is my situation now. It is the believer's position now. It is the condition of the saints of God now. And when I say saints, understand I'm not saying perfect, that we're perfect, but it means that we're in that process of becoming all that God has intended. The perfect one dwells within us. Jesus is the perfect one. God is the perfect one. The Holy Spirit is the perfect one who dwells within. As Jesus once said, my father worketh hitherto and I work. John 5, 16. So we experience all of this by faith. No, I don't see his image, but his word exemplifies him. His spirit speaks to and through the believer's heart. Faith. In God. Have faith in God. Faith defined. Okay, preacher, you're talking about faith. I know you're talking about faith, and, and I have faith, but I don't really understand how faith, what faith is. And many may not understand. Faith may be a new term to you. You may be a listener who just hadn't been in church. You, 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 you don't even hardly know what church is, but you know you need God. And so I'm here to tell you that God loves you, and he desires you to uh, have him in your life. He wants you to be his child. Faith, what is faith then, Jesus? You said have faith in God. Well, the definition of faith is given and quoted so many times from Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, that sounds very high and lofty, substance and evidence and these kinds of words that we're using. And, and I don't quite understand, preacher, uh, another version in the Amplified Bible says it this way. Now, faith is the assurance. Check it out. It is the title deed. It is the confirmation of things hoped for. 
divinely guaranteed in the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. That sounds good too, preacher, but, but I'm still kind of not sure what you're saying. We'll take Derek's translation. My translation, faith is a tangible but stable essence within the heart that consists of the very desires that it is hoping for which exists, yet invisible until God manifests them. Now, I know that's kind of kind of bougie, too, maybe. I'm trying to be kind of theological in my own sense, but I want you to get it. Amen. What faith really means is I believe God. I believe God. I trust God. It's like when you're a little kid and you got in the car with mama and, or daddy and and you didn't, you didn't worry about what was going on. You just rode safely and comfortably knowing that you were safe with them. And that's the thing with God. We must know that we're safe with him. We're safe with his word. We can trust what he said. If he said he's going to take us somewhere, then, then get your shoes on. Get your coat on. Get yourself together. Get ready because you're going where God is going to take you to. Amen. Amen. Faith means that that what God said already is. Amen. And if he hadn't said it yet, when he says it, it will be. Hallelujah. And so uh, we want to understand that we can trust God. So when we say have faith in God, it means get to know what God is saying so I can know what I can believe for. That's right. If you don't know what God has promised you. You won't be able to apprehend it because you won't have faith for it. So that's our main focus. And, and uh, we, we want everyone to understand that everything that God has declared, that he's decreed, everything he's proclaimed and promised is true and real and it is already established. So therefore, I can be sure when faced with contrary signs telling me, no, that all of God's promises, they really are yes and amen. When, when the world says no, and I know God says yes, when others are telling me I can't, but God says I can. When circumstances are telling me it won't happen, I know God says that it will happen. Amen. When I know what God's word says, then you can't tell me something other than what God has already said. Faith holds on to what God has already said. When it looks like I can't make it, I know that I shall make it. Because he said, I have, I already have the victory. And this is the whole point of chapter 11 uh, of Hebrews. As we read, we see that all the listed patriarchs of old did great things by faith. They did great things by faith. The wonderful, interesting thing about it is as you look at it, uh, you'll, you'll notice that, that it begins not talking about uh, the greatest of the prophets, not talking about uh, the great heroes of the Bible first. And you would think, man, well, which one would be named first? And you could think of David and Abraham and all of them that are mentioned. But if you look clearly, you'll see that God is the first one that is spoken of first. When it reads, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtained a good report. But before he talks about the elders, he says, but he says, through faith, we understand. He says, our first faith for you and for me is to understand this, that the worlds were framed by the word of God and that things which are seen were not made of things 
which do appear. So God is the first champion mentioned, for he created the whole world through his own faith. Goes on, by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Goes on, by faith, Enoch was translated. Means he was taken of God. He just walked away with God and no one saw him again. It's never uh, recorded that he ever died. For it says he was translated and taken up with God. Goes on to tell us, but without faith it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Goes on, it says, by Noah he built an ark to the saving of his house. Goes on, it says, uh, by faith Noah built the ark. By faith Abraham, when he was called, he went out to a place which he should have to receive for an inheritance. He obeyed God, went out not knowing where he was going. This is it. That's why the world was created around it said is that so we don't know what's over around the curve and and over the bend. We just walk by faith. Amen. The Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. This is what we do. This is how we live the life of Christ. And this is how we live the victorious life of Christ. So here we are. We can we can by no means exhaust the topic of faith here. Um. But, but this is what it means to live the lifestyle of faith. This is how we travel on Faith Street. Living on Faith Street and driving up Faith Street, we're to stay focused on Jesus. We're to guard our hearts and guard our ears and guard our eyes and guard our tongues and lips in order to be sure that we hear, that we see, that we love, that we speak by faith, that we speak words of life, that we speak what we want to see, that we speak love like God speaks, amen, that, that we're careful of what we hear so that uh, we're not affected by it and that we, uh, uh, as a consequence, speak wicked things and, and the decay of, of decaying words come through our ears and get down in our heart. We want to be able to live the life of faith. We want you to remember John, 1 John 5, 4, it says, for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Hallelujah. Praise his holy name. It's been said of faith that faith is only as good as its object. The man in the jungle bows before an idol of stone and trusts it to help him, but he receives no help. If faith is not directed at the right object, it will accomplish nothing. The big question is, in whom do you believe? Faith isn't believing in spite of evidence. Faith is obeying in spite of consequence. Faith is walking with God. And that's why we've come today on, uh, on Faith Street, because we want you to learn and, and, and uh, experience what it is to, to walk with God, to travel with God, to, to go up Faith Street with God. And, and, and if you want to know where Faith Street is, Faith Street is, is right connected. It crosses uh, Belief Avenue, amen. Faith Street crosses uh, Hope, Boulevard and Faith Street goes on uh, into Love Highway. And if you keep traveling Faith Street, amen, you'll find out that you're in glory land. You'll find out that you're in, in the place of joy and the place of peace and the place of, of God's goodness and of God's favor. And, and you'll find out that, that uh, when you're traveling Faith Street, you'll lose all fear. And because perfect love casts out fear and the love of God will be the gas that keeps you moving. On Faith Street. So glad to have you today 
on Faith Street. And uh, we just want to in- invite you to join us each and every week at the same time on Faith Street. Um, we uh, love to share the word of God with you. And we're believing God to do great and miraculous things in your life as we talk about faith and many other things that pertain to the faith. Uh, we wanna ha- we're going to have special guests come join us. Uh, we're going to have uh, some archives uh, being brought to you, some wonderful messages from our archives. And uh, we want to encourage you always to keep the faith. It's our uh, intent that you be empowered and that you be Endued with power from God on high, with the love of God, with the peace of God, with the joy of the Lord, that you can live a victorious life in Christ Jesus. For so many years, I've seen people just stay the same and wondered why and how can people sit in church and stay the same. And it's because they haven't really ignited their faith. They haven't moved forward with God. They haven't grown in grace. And one thing God uh, has encouraged me and, and commissioned me to do, as well as evangelize, is to, uh, to prompt the church to growth. I want to, I want to stir the church up. Amen. I want to stir up believers to, to keep growing, to draw nearer to God, to, to keep moving towards Him and, and digging in your word and, and, and meditating in the word and, and entering into your prayer closet and, and, and spending time with God and, and, and drawing away from the things of the world and, and setting out some holy time so that you can grow in the things of God. You can't grow alone. You can't grow alone. In order to grow, we need a, a, a local church. We, we need a body of believers. We need, uh, in the world, they'll, they'll call it a support group, amen? But, but God is the original designer of the support group, amen? He's our support, and he puts us in, in a group. And so we just encourage you to continue on in the Lord. And once again, I just want to um, thank our wonderful sponsors for so graciously and lovingly supporting this program the Dream Foundation, and Mr. Michael Dobson, as well as Dr. Joseph Camps. Uh, we want to mention Pastor Avery McKnight and the Powerhouse Church of God by Faith, Mr. Scott Thornton and Apogee Signs, Bishop Michael Moore and Powerhouse Church of God in Christ, and Miss Gail Milan, as well as Mr. Charlie Elder of Ray Gordon's Break Service. And we thank you, our listener, for being with us today. And if you are interested in supporting this program, please give us a call, 850-345-3351. And remember to join us each and every week. And once again, don't forget this scripture, for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. This is Derek Steele saying so long. Don't stress, be blessed. See you next week on Faith Street.